Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. Two stories in the last week have come to my attention and made me consider a factor within photography that I very rarely, if ever, see written about or spoken about. A photography teacher at a university in North Carolina who doesn't think much of 18 to 55mm kit lenses has prohibited her undergraduate editorial photography class from using them. And after years of complaints from colleagues and freelancers, a New York Times photo editor has left his job. Let's focus on that photo editor story. In an excellent article by Kirsten Chick in the Columbia Journalism Review, the story was outlined like this. During his tenure, first led the Times International Photo Department to increased prominence, and he seemed to have star status inside the world's most prestigious newspaper. He was also known to undermine co-workers and abuse his position of power over freelancers. His conduct was no secret to top editors at the Times. In 2017, multiple employees complained about him to Human Resources, and by 2018 he was the subject of a probe by Charlotte Berendt, an associate managing editor and a lawyer who handles discipline in the newsroom and has investigated recent high-profile controversies at the paper. Berendt's probe concluded in mid-2018 and little happened as a result. First kept his job, though he did not receive a promotion he was seeking. Months later, another colleague complained about First to a supervisor. Berendt began a second probe, reaching out to at least two freelance photographers about First in February, and by late March he was abruptly absent, his Slack and email accounts deactivated. On April the 6th, Megan Luram, the Times Director of Photography, announced in a staff meeting conducted over Google Hangouts that First was no longer working for the Times following an investigation into how he treated people he managed, including freelancers. The connection for me with the story about the tutor preventing the students from using a cheap lens and the story of First losing his job is ego. I have held the role of commissioner and lecturer, and both demand confidence, but never arrogance. They require empathy and understanding, not the attitude of a totalitarian dictator. But sometimes ego steps in and the balance is lost. And I think we all have to admit, we need to ensure that we do have an element of ego. A lot of people listening to this might disagree with me on that or feel that they don't have it. But just by wanting to create images and share them with others, there is a sense that we feel that what we're seeing and what we're doing has an importance to it. And within that importance, there is an element of ego. It is required. I've worked with many photographers who are not very good, who are very egotistic, and I'm sure you can name a few of them. I've also worked with lots of photographers who really have very little ego at all and it kind of holds back their career to not be that little bit more confident. Confident, I should say. So really what we're talking about here is a balance, a balance of confidence that doesn't overstep into arrogance. The lecturer who is 
making this uh, diktat that certain cheap lenses cannot be used is making a point, but making a point in the wrong way, I feel. And obviously there is no excuse ever for bullying of freelance photographers or members of staff you work with. It's something I've always stood up very strongly against, particularly when I worked in an office environment. So maybe there's something to be said for an ongoing conversation about that balance of ego. Food and photography, what's the connection? Well, let's ignore the obvious answer, shall we? Well, I've noticed recently on television that chefs are no longer content with creating the perfect pie served on a plate. Complicated instruments are used on exotic ingredients to create deconstructed meals served on anything but a plate. The narrative behind the food seemingly more important than the food itself. The result? Food that is all about the chef with little, if anything, to do with the diner. Now, I'm not adverse to experimentation, but I do not need it every time I visit a restaurant. Sometimes I just want simple, well-cooked food that cheers and fills. I've eaten in some of the best and most exclusive restaurants in the world, but my favourites are simple, traditional, family-run operations. Classic, with no need for pretense. I think you may by now have recognised my connection between food and photography. I recently purchased a book, Photo No-Nos, by Jason Fulford, which was published by Aperture. I'd previously purchased The Photographer's Handbook, which was edited by Fulford with Gregory Halpern. Both of them have good stuff in them, and I want them to be good. And by that I mean interesting, aspirational, educational and inspirational. However, neither book is easy. Is that a problem? Should things be easy? Well, let me explain. The audience for these books must surely be those looking to learn about photography. Students, hobbyists, those just beginning on their career. The books must therefore, from my perspective, be accessible. And unfortunately for me, neither of them are. The photo no-nos is full of photographers who've appeared on this podcast, and there are some interesting stories in there. But the title itself as photo no-nos, I feel, is incredibly exclusive and negative and takes a stance which we really don't want to encourage within photography. That stance that there is a right and a wrong. When you actually read the text, that's not what the book is about. But who's to know until you actually start reading it? The Photographer's Handbook also had some good stuff in it, but it was kind of turgid to get through again, and not the kind of book I would have thought that was appropriate for that audience. I'd previously purchased another book by Aperture. This seems to be a, a kind of a theme that they're going through on these kind of books of learning. That book was Photo Work, 40 Photographers on Process and Practice, and that was edited by Sasha Wolf. That book, I thought, was incredibly um, poor in the fact that it had created this formula, which they stuck to all the way through the book, which meant that the photographers were answering, answering these set questions in a very straightforward way, without an opportunity to follow up 
on what was being said. I want these books to be good. I never like to be negative about any work that anybody does. But I also feel that it's important sometimes to speak out and have an opinion. So it's great that Aperture are doing these books. They're at a really good price. They're nicely designed. The photo workbook I really cannot recommend. The photographer's handbook I can partially recommend. And the photo no-nos I really want to recommend. But it's got to change its title and it's got to take out the lists within it of all the things you're not allowed to photograph. Come on, guys, think of the audience, not just of yourself or your friends, when you're putting these projects together. Over the last few weeks, we've had a few photographers uh, contributing to what does photography mean to you that you probably recognise either their names or their work. Well, each week, we try and bring you somebody who's interesting, not only through their work, but their life and their experience from different levels of their career, different stages of their career. And this week, I'm really pleased to bring to you a photographer that many of you may not have heard of. It's also an opportunity for me to get his name wrong, but I'm going to do my very best. It's Tadas Kazakavikius, and I hope that's right, Tadas. Anyway, Tadas is a documentary and portrait photographer based in Vilnius in Lithuania. After spending five years in the United Kingdom, he returned to his native Lithuania, where he is particularly interested in the social aspects of the people living there. His ongoing series, Soon to Be Gone, was a finalist in Lens Culture's Exposure Awards 2017 and featured in the Royal Photographic Society's 160 exhibition. In 2018, he was picked as a finalist in the Zeiss Photography Awards and the series was shown in La Photomonale Festival in La Quad de la Terre Gallery Beauvais, France. They're really testing me this week. Anyway, with this series of work between two shores, Casavecchius, well, there we are, I got it right that time, I think, was one of the finalists of the Lens Culture Emerging Talent Awards in 2018. I think it's time to hear from Tadas. What does photography mean to me? I believe I will not oversaturate by saying that photography takes most of my life. I believe it can be said that it's two-thirds of my life, two-thirds of my emotions, two-thirds of my happiness. And uh, by saying so, I believe that uh, it's exactly the thing that I was really longing to my whole life. Uh, from getting my first camera to nowadays, I feel exactly the same excitement whenever I go and tell the story, even though in the first years, of course, it was generic things, maybe some details around me. Later, especially when I got into analog photography, it started to become almost like a craft, like a person, personal trip throughout technology. And I found out about the actual interest in person's photography and portraiture. 
And this is exactly where photography started to be slightly more than photography itself. It started to be my own language. It started to be the thing that I used to talk with people, to reach them, to connect with them, to maybe sometimes ask much deeper questions that I was uh, ho hoping to find out. Photography became a reason to actually come up to someone and to talk with them, even though it would be a very strange, strangest, uh, strange person in the street. But I can easily go and ask them whatever I want. And to get the actual picture from them to make their portrait, which is truly magical for me. Uh, and later, then it's I start to understand that photography became a reason of my old trips and all discoveries and sometimes almost call it like journeys like Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer took. I do take my photography as my journeys, as my own finding of things, learning about the world and actually getting interested in sometimes very different things that I'm interested in general. By taking the new journeys into the themes, and especially when I work with the themes, sometimes I find out a lot of really interesting things. And photography, in this sense, becomes like uh, a material I can, uh, I can build it on. Uh, by this, I learned uh, a lot about my Lithuanian villages and uh, and places in my own country. By this, I learned a lot about Koronian Spit in Lithuania, that is a very specific place, about their people, about very specific areas in there. By this, I learned about, uh, a lot about uh, nationalities that live in Lithuania. Uh, and after this, I got into very interesting stories about Lithuanian industry and later uh, the theme of exile and faith. So photography became to me almost like a reason to get interested into things. Sometimes I see that it's even a bit scary when you think that almost all your emotions and happiness and things that are very personal, a very straightforward direction, uh, connection in, di in direction of the photography I do. If I do a bad picture, if I do not do a good work on my themes, I sometimes feel sad and it becomes like really big part of my life. But in the same sense, I become very happy when it's all going well and people I direct my stories to are interested and they're excited to see it. Photography is truly magic for me, not just technology-wise, which is very, very interesting, but personally as well. Uh, I feel, I'm, feel, I'm feeling very obliged that I am thankful to photography, to a lot of wonderful moments that came into my life. But then, in the end, it's all about how beautiful you see the world and how beautiful you can translate it into the photography. Thank you, Tadas, for your contribution this week. And I think definitely picking up on a few themes that I spoke about at the beginning there. 
I'm sure Tadas, when he first started out, wouldn't have wanted to be given a list of no's that he couldn't photograph. Moving on from that, I suppose the key factor is, and it's something that's been happening a lot over the last year, where many of us haven't been able to travel, is that exploration of our immediate environment, of that country and that city or that town or that landscape that we know and that we think that we know but perhaps we've never really gone deep into and I think if you look at Tadas's work and you'll see the empathetic way in which he deals with those subjects um, you'll see the benefit of that and how beautiful the work he creates is so that's Tadas's work there I'm not going to try and uh, repeat his surname again but do check out his work on his website We've had many photographers joining us on the uh, What Does Photography Mean to You strand over the last uh, couple of years, and 89 of them are all combined, brought together in one book. Um, Professional award-winning photographers, but actually that doesn't really matter, does it? They've all got really interesting stories to tell and things to say. The book is available from uh, www.bluecoatpress.co.uk. UK for £9.99 plus post and packing. So if you want to get hold of that, make sure you order a copy. Who knows, we may even do another book in the future. If you also want to keep up to date with the articles that are going up on the United Nations of Photography.com website, don't forget that you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. You can get that at www.getreview.co forward slash profile forward slash UN of photo and that'll land in your uh, email inbox on a Wednesday morning letting you know that this podcast is up and ready for you and also letting you know some of the archive uh, features that we've run run I should say and some of the new features which have gone up onto the website and uh, they're all just with nice and easy to click on hot links so that might be something for you to check out. Not quite so warm in the shed this week. We seem to be having a terrible um, summer here in the UK, but busy as always. And an awful lot of stuff going on. As I say every week, it um, really does feel as if a lot of photographers have come out of COVID in a strong way. And I hope you have also. I'm seeing people that I haven't seen for a while reappearing on social media and so forth. So good to see them. Uh, Hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. I've thrown a few kind of bombs out there, I think. Try and get uh, that debate working, that debate up and running. You don't have to agree with me. And in fact, you shouldn't agree with me. Maybe you will, but I don't I don't need you to. Um, I think it's just really important that we put that stuff out there so that we can have discussions. The most important thing, of course, is to get informed before you make those opinions. And as I say every week, take care. Mm-hmm.